Welcome everyone, uh, you're now locked into the Sound of a Crowd podcast, I go by the name of Adrian Daniels and in this show um, we chat with colourful creatives and entrepreneurs from a Ghanaian background all the interest to the city of Accra, bringing you one step closer to Accra wherever you are. Now on this week's episode I am joined by none other than Kwame Christian. Now if you don't know about Kwame Christian, he is the host of the world's most popular negotiation podcast called Negotiate Anything, uh, which is all about empowering others through the art and science of negotiation and persuasion. And now this podcast has been downloaded over 1.5 million times in counting across over 180 countries, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Kwame is also a TEDx speaker and he's also the director of the American Negotiation Institute, where he conducts trainings that empower professionals to persuade, lead and resolve conflict more effectively. Now on this week's episode, we discuss Kwame's decorative career and accomplishments how conflict resolution skills has been key to a year filled with conflict in 2020, be it politics, Black Lives Matter and so much more. We talk about Kwame's podcast, Negotiate Anything, and we talk about how you can negotiate anything and get out of your own way, as well as how 2020 has forced everyday professionals to adjust the way they may negotiate or conduct uh, conflict resolution in persuasion facing roles virtually. Now for today's show notes and for a full bio of Kwame Christian, head over to thesoundofacra.com forward slash Kwame Christian. That's thesoundofacra.com forward slash Kwame Christian. Kwame Christian is spelled K-W-A-M-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. Now without further ado, let's get straight into the episode. Take care. Welcome everyone. So I'd like to welcome Kwame Christian to the show. I'm a really, really big fan of everything that he's doing. Kwame, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Hey Adrian, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. No, um, thank you for coming on the show. Um, so what happened was me and Kwame, we connected on LinkedIn. So um, this was a time where I discovered um, Kwame's body of work and I decided to give him a, a shout out to what he was doing at the time. And, you know, I was fortunate enough for Kwame to respond back to me. And now we're here doing this podcast. I'm really, really excited to have you on the show today. Hey, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I hear you're a big cereal, cereal guy. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> cinnamon toast. Yeah. Yes. It's so funny, man. That's like my calling card now. Um, <laughs> we, just, we just closed on a house today and our, and our realtor got me a big box of cinnamon toast crunch as a, as a congrats. <laughs> so, awesome. so yeah. Oh, congrats, man. Congrats. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite a cereal guy myself. So, I mean, fr- fr- I think Fruity Loops is, is the American cereal that I used to like a lot. But <laughs> I've got to be honest with you, American food has a lot of sugar. So I have to kind of um, take take care when I'm eating American food. <laughs> yeah, you're that's smart. We are, we're, you know, we, we're not uh, that healthy over here. It's funny, my, my family's from the Caribbean. My dad's a, a doctor and uh, my wife's a doctor too. And so when, wow. when my dad was uh, starting his practice, he recognized that um, uh, steering it towards um, obesity was mm. um, fruitful in America. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, obesity. I mean, it's quite easy to put on weight, I suppose, with you know the amount of sugar and the amount of fats that's in some of the food out there. But hey, look at you! You're looking good, looking slim, and that's that's what's up. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can totally imagine. So um, yeah, I just want to get straight into it. So um, it's you. It's, I think you're actually the first Kwame that I've met that's not actually Ghanaian, which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I I am. Um, everybody thinks I'm Ghanaian, and usually I, I kind of just go away with it. Go with it. Just oh, yeah, I'm one of you. <laughs> I'm part of the team, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, my family they just admired Kwame and Kruma a lot, and so that, yeah. was, that was the name they went with first. Oh, fantastic! And do you know much about Kwame and Kruma? I know he um was he was the first president of Ghana, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember the 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 liberation story. I think it's really cool, you know. And it's for me, it's it's interesting because both of my my mom's side, and my dad's side, they were the generation um, like of independence in their countries. So yeah. my my grandfather was in the first administration uh, in in Guyana as permanent secretary. Uh, my on my dad's side, they're really involved in politics. One of my wow. uncles wrote the score for the national anthem. Another one was. No prime minister yeah so we I, I really like being with my having my name tied with those types of liberation stories just, that's absolutely fascinating yeah i mean i'm sure you're really proud of it and i mean just to speak on the back of that i mean there were a lot of african-americans that came to ghana last year um during the year return period so i mean you had celebrities you had um, all types of, of people, but a lot of, a lot of African-Americans come to Ghana to discover the roots and to, you know, explore the country. And it's just really, really fascinating to meet a lot of Americans out there. Yeah. That's a, that's a really beautiful story. Thank you. Yeah. Really beautiful story. Um, so Kwame, speaking of, so now that we're on the topic of Africa, um, I do recall that you did the Peace Cabal workshop in, in based out of Nigeria, right? That's right. Yeah, I have an intern who's in Lagos, and okay. um, yeah, so she she's really the person who um uh, who spearheaded that Oluwashion, and she's fantastic. <laughs> and um, she, I, I said, listen, this with this internship, it's a community service type of internship. So you identify a problem, you yeah. create the parameters. I'll give you the resources and the mentorship and guidance you need to get it done. And Wonderful. then I just sat back and watched her work, and it was incredible. She did a great Wonderful. job. So it was about I think it was a ten week program for. For uh, kids between the age of uh, 15 and 20, um, mm -hmm. all about how you can learn negotiation and conflict resolution for peace building purposes and leadership within your communities. And I, I think the timing couldn't have been better. Very, very much so, because I was going to segue into the whole SARS protests. And I found it really fascinating how you did this workshop, you know, maybe months or maybe weeks just before um, the whole outbreak in Nigeria took place. So um, I really appreciate and I'm, I really admire the work that you that you're doing in Africa. Um, and it's, it's good to know that you're not just focused on America. And obviously, we're going to get into your podcast, Negotiate Anything, which reaches over 180 countries, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, and that's a really good podcast as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really great to see the work you're doing in Africa. Um, and I'm looking forward to you doing a lot more in, in the future. Thank um, you. And yeah, I, mean, and I just wish I could invest more and we're trying to find ways to, to dig deeper and, and, and provide more, more support. If it wasn't COVID world, uh, I would be on a plane and getting there and <laughs> doing stuff, but you know, we're, we're limited, okay. but we're trying to do what we can. 
Yeah, I can totally appreciate that. Speaking of COVID, um, you, you let one of your latest episodes on your podcast. Um, you're talking about um the conflict resolution and negotiation in the in the COVID world, mm-hmm. and I found that I quite I found that episode quite fascinating, because usually when it comes to negotiation, right? Um, I mean, I've I've got a background in sales. I've been in sales and you know negotiation for about ten years, kind of career and one thing with when you come into selling or some kind of negotiation is is really important to to be face to face with the individual it's really really important to be able to gauge the body language um so a question that i've got for you kwami is um how would you um overcome that obstacle when you're dealing with um conflict resolution or negotiation online because it's because you lose that that part of it don't you Absolutely. Well, I think what we have to do is is recognize that we need to um, overemphasize in many ways the the rapport building process. Because yeah. if we're in person, then I can I can get a better sense of who you are. It's just more comfortable. It's more real, right? Yeah. Uh, but if I'm not there physically with you, then I need to say, all right. Well, let's say hypothetically, if I were in person. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have um, two or three minutes of small talk before we get into the actual business side. Um, but yeah. if I'm online, I'm going to have, okay, five, six, five to 10 minutes of small <laughs> talk. I'm like, I, I really want you to know I'm a decent person here <laughs> before we get into it. You know, okay. because that that simple thing helps uh, to build some trust and, and makes the conversation a lot easier. Absolutely. So it's all about building r- rapport, you're saying, before kind of building up to the you know, to the negotiation stage of whatever it is that you're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think we have to be mindful of using the right communication tool at the right time. You know, because we have uh, email, we have a a regular call, uh, then we have potentially text messaging, depending on the relationship, and then we have video call. Um, And so each each one has its own strength. That's the interesting part. And so email is great for framing the conversation beforehand, setting the agenda and and getting things in order before we have the conversation. And then it's also good after the fact for when we are summarizing things and sending documents and things like that. Um, But if we're trying to actually have the bulk of the conversation via email, then we're probably using that tool inappropriately. You probably (laughs) pick up the phone or something. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I can I can totally understand that. That's a very good point because you know whether it's emails, texts, um, it could be WhatsApp, it could be phone, video call. I mean, it's just amazing the technology that we have and the different touch points that we can make with different people and the different ways we can connect with people. And I f- I find that very interesting how you know if you combine or use those tools appropriately, um, it can be quite powerful when trying to communicate a message to somebody else. So I definitely. Um, appreciate the message that you just shared. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, I mentioned the SARS protests in Nigeria earlier on. Um, I think this year, I mean, it's safe to say that it's uh, it's a whole year of conflict, has hasn't it? It's been a whole year of conflict, and I mean, I think you're you're the guy when it comes to conflict resolution. Um, let's talk about your your LinkedIn course. So, I mean, I know recently that um, LinkedIn and, and yourself um, released a course on LinkedIn Learning. Um, was this something that came on the back of the the Black Lives Matter kind of protests and you know the George Floyd, everything that was taking place earlier on the the year? I mean, am I, am I safe to say was that Im- influenced by that? Absolutely. Yeah, because um, we we I did a course on on LinkedIn on how to have difficult conversations about race and another one driving change and anti-racism within your organization um, yeah. and uh, directly connected 
directly connected to that uh, because they were looking at their their library and they're saying, well, we don't have anything that really addresses it in this specific way. And yeah. um, I have a background in doing civil rights work. And um, when you mm. take that background and you blend it with the negotiation and conflict resolution, um, yeah. I, I'm uniquely qualified to carry that conversation. And uh, the response was really good. Um, and uh, one of the courses even made it to number three, like the third most popular course on LinkedIn for that uh, for a time yeah. period, which is really cool because uh, I have like 5,000 <laughs> courses. So, um, so that was great. And uh, it's just great to see the feedback. I think that's the biggest thing where, where people are reaching out and saying, hey, this course was really, really helpful. So I'm just, just trying to create content that is specific. You know, mm. it's easy to get static when you're, okay, negotiation, business negotiation, conflict resolution, this, this stuff is always happening. You're just recycling the same material over and over again. Yeah. But I want to go to where the the most difficult conflicts are. Like what's happening? What is that? Okay, yeah. I'm going to create content for that. And here in the States, you know, we just had the election two days ago. And <laughs> it's I, still going, huh? Still going on. Still, still going on. I feel like yeah. it's going to be a bit. But um, the uh, yeah. I, I partnered with LinkedIn to do a course on how to have difficult conversations about politics. Because again, mm. slightly different nuances there with race and politics and all of these things. So I, I, uh -huh. I just try to be a resource where people need me. Fantastic. And is, is the course about politics with LinkedIn, is that out or is that something you're working on? With LinkedIn? It just came out. No way. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank Congra you. I think this is your year because just conflict everywhere, isn't it? Just, <laughs> I, know. I know. I was telling people when when the election was coming out, I said, well, you know, um, I think there's a, a candidate that would lead to more peace. Um, yeah. And I think peace is good. And there's a candidate that leads to more conflict. And I said, well, that's not good for other people, but that's good for business. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's very true because, I mean... Obviously, there's it's very clear um, that the Democrats and the and the Republicans, you know, that they both have completely opposite agendas. You know, Trump wants to cut taxes. He wants to, you know, do this. He wants to do that. And then you have Biden, who is, you know, he's pro-choice. He's this. He's that. It's completely different. So um, that itself is just a massive conflict, let alone what the outcome is of the elections. There's still going to be conflicts regardless of the outcome. And I find that so fascinating. Absolutely. And the, the, the thing that's interesting, yeah. too, is that um, relationships are at stake because yeah. even beyond the, the politics, it's like, all right, well, I have to go and talk to my parents and then they think something differently. Right. Or I have, a, a, you know, everybody has that crazy uncle. Right. That they talk <laughs> about. Um, but with the course, uh, it's not just the like those familial relationships and friends, but also um, recognizing that at work, people aren't getting along. And they're not able to overcome that and, and be productive. And so yeah. that was the, the catalyst for the course there, too. Absolutely. And I think, obviously, I, I went through one of your courses. I think it was Driving Change and Racism. I think that was the one. Um, you had so many good points. I mean, I was just taking so many notes. Um, but some of, the, some of the points that stood out to me was when you're talking about um, how, you, how dealing with your leaders if you're working in an organization, you know, dealing with leaders, how it's really important to be able to, you know, have a good relationship with them because, you know, because they have a lot of power. And one thing that kept coming up in, whether it's your courses, whether it's, whether it's um, your podcast, whether it's your TED talk, one thing that kept coming up, which I'm going to move on to next is your, um, your framework, the, the, the compassion 
how do you, how how does it go again? Yes, the the compassionate curiosity framework. Curiosity framework. That's that's correct. Yeah, and I know you got a book on Amazon out on Amazon. We'll probably get to that in just a moment. Yeah. But um, that's one thing that came up in everything everything that you do. Um, but speaking of the book that you released on Amazon, Kwame, um, there was one testimonial that I saw on there, and it just made. I mean, it just summed it up for me because when it comes to negotiation, when it comes to negotiation, right? Um, people tend to kind of think, okay, there's tricks, there's, there's, you know, there's quick wins, there's, there's little words you can do, little things you can say to intimidate the other person and, you know, you can overcome it or, you know, just try and, you know, be smart. But the person who is writing the testimony for your book on Amazon, they were just talking about, you know, you know, this book is not about any trickery. It's just about, you know, dealing with the psychology, which people overlook, a, a lot and i find that very very interesting it's, it's, and i think it's very true because i think you make it i mean it's not as difficult as it should be negotiation and i think you have a very good way of making it sound more simpler and more straightforward and more practical for anyone to apply in in any any part of their lives yeah well thank you adrian i appreciate that yeah um but yeah you're you're right that's one of the things i I recognize that in um in the field we can get a little bit academic sometimes you know it's like okay well that sounds really good that that theory makes sense to me but i don't know what to do (laughs) right (laughs) that's that's the thing and so i wanted to make it approachable and that's why with the podcast i call it negotiate anything because i want people to recognize it's not just these high level transactional stuff we're talking about um it's everyday life these everyday conversations conversations with family, friends, colleagues at work. We're, we're negotiating all the time. And the compassionate curiosity framework is the tool that allows us to do it. And so what's funny is with my five-year-old, I use the <laughs> compassionate curiosity framework. And then with opposing counsel in my business negotiations, I'm using that. When I'm teaching lawyers and other professionals how to negotiate, I'm using it too. It's so flexible. And yeah. so um, the first step is uh, first acknowledging and validating emotions. The yep. second step is getting curious with compassion. And then the third step is joint problem solving. But I think what's so important, going back to what you said about the psychology, is that we start yep. off with that emotional element because a lot of times we are trying to persuade somebody who's not psychologically ready to absorb that message. They're too emotional for whatever yeah. reason, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have to acknowledge that emotion, get them to calm down, and then we can transition into more substantive conversation. Absolutely. And you gave some very good examples in your TED talk, in your podcast as well on, on how, you know, to, to use the framework in, in practical situations. And, um, what, what stood out for me was that, you know, you kind of deflected, I mean, you, you, you found a way to deflect the, the person who was offended or needed a conflict to be, to be resolved. And then you kind of, you know, humbled yourself and then you kind of, um, just talk them you talk to them in a in a nice way to be able to kind of you know be on their side and to and to try and solve their problem and and to, and to show support and is is this something that you actually you created or or is it the framework that exists anyway no, the, the framework is something I created wow. and it was just taken from my my own experience negotiating and um, I was trying to put words to the process that I kind yeah. of do organically. And so I wanted it to be simple, easy to remember. And, and that's what I came up with. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this is a powerful framework. Uh, and um, coming back to your book. Is this something that you explore a lot more in, in your in, in one of your Amazon books that you that you released? 
Absolutely. So my book is Finding Confidence in Conflict, How to Negotiate Anything and Live Your Best Life. And yeah. um, so that's where we go really in depth. So in my topic, <laughs> my my TED talk with the same topic, um, finding confidence in conflict, that's the first where the first time where I outline it. I just say okay. I say it and then give examples. But you you'll notice in the TED talk I didn't have the steps yet. I yeah. still try to figure out how to articulate it. Okay. And I was limited very much in time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so with the book, uh, that was my opportunity to go a lot deeper. And in the book, too, I think one of the things that I, I really like the most about it is that, number one, we talk about the psychology, not only as it applies to other people, but you. That's why it's called finding confidence in conflict, because for me, yeah. it doesn't make sense to give recipes to people who are afraid to get in the kitchen. If I could <laughs> tell you how to negotiate, but you're too afraid to do it, then it doesn't matter. So the first half of the book is all about helping people to feel more confident in those difficult conversations. And then with the framework, it's designed not only for the external negotiations, but also for the internal negotiations. Mm. And so you do go through the exact same process when you're negotiating with yourself. (laughs) Acknowledge and validate emotions, get curious with compassion and join problem solving. And so it helps you to regulate your emotions. It helps you to get clarity. And then when the actual external negotiation happens, you have that clarity and you can be more effective. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this was a really good framework that I, that I really picked up on and it really just stood out to me. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. So the book, the book, is that something that came out on the back of the podcast? Because I realized that your podcast has been running for many years now. So I can imagine that the podcast inspired your, your Amazon book. Yeah, it's it's just a constant build because um, I started with the podcast in 2016, and then I did the TED Talk in 2017, then I did the book in 2018, yeah. uh, and so it's just constantly building that that content library and building on the feedback I get because I, I I love the 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 fact that every time I post I get comments oh people like that one all right I posted something nobody liked that okay not <laughs> not, talk, not not talking about that anymore uh, you know and. So it's just constant, a constant feedback loop, um, offering things, seeing how people respond and giving more of the things that they like. And so yeah. that's just how I built the library. Wow. I mean, it's really impressive. It's an impressive library that you've, that you've built over time. And I'm sure now is, there's like a nice little snowball effect that's, that's taken place and you're now reaping all the benefits of everything that you put you know, the work into over the past few years. Yes. It's one of the things I would always say is that the, the difference between crazy and genius is success. <laughs> uh, and I was crazy for a long time, Adrian. <laughs> I was crazy for a while, but it worked. And I remember talking to one of my friends and uh, he was saying, because was, it was at the beginning of the business, money isn't, isn't coming in the way that I'd like. And um, he said, listen, you have to plant seeds and plant seeds and then you keep on nurturing those seeds and eventually you'll be able to harvest those seeds. And I remember (laughs) saying, but Brian, I'm hungry now. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, you just have to you have to trust the process. Keep on investing. And then again, like you said, it's the snowball effect. Snowball effect, and yeah. uh, I was worried at the beginning of the year because I was saying the, the snowball is starting to roll. I could actually for the first time see on the calendar there's money coming in. So I don't need to worry about payroll. Everybody's getting paid. Well, yeah. let me take a step back. Everybody always got paid. Whether or not I got paid, that was another question. You know, yeah. but finally I could see on the calendar for the next six months. We're good. Um, nice. And then it was great. And then COVID happened. It was, <laughs> it was so funny. Because I was getting on a plane 
and uh-huh. presenting all the time, like, every, yeah. like almost every week. And I was like, man, everything's going so well. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and then COVID hit. And um, we just had to pivot. And the thing is, we, we just kept on um, providing high level content. It's like, OK, people can't pay from th- things right now. We're going to give stuff away for free. We're still going to focus on investing in our audience, helping people being there. And then once um, the, the the companies were able to loosen the purse strings when it came to training, okay. we were the first people that they thought about because not only were we providing relevant content the whole time, but That's we it. pivoted at the beginning. Everybody's working remote. We don't know how to do that. All right. I'm focusing my content on virtual negotiations. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're having social unrest in the U.S. Now is how to have difficult conversations about race. People are fighting in politics. Now is how to talk about <laughs> politics. Wherever the people need me, that's where I'm going to be. And the competition is staying, standing still. Fantastic. And that's why I was saying it must be a fantastic year for you because the whole year has just been conflict in on different <laughs> levels, you know, yeah. and, you know, and it's been so relevant and your content has been super relevant to apply to all those different areas, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's COVID, whether it's the US election, whether it's racism, you know, you name it. I think your frameworks and your content and your in- your institute has you know content to deal with pretty much all of those things that's taken place and it must be really timely for you it really does yeah, yeah. It's it's been a fun ride, you know. The roller coaster sometimes you don't know where it's going. It's like, okay, we're going up. Oh, we're going down. When are we going to stop going down? <laughs> it, it twists and turns, and it it always comes back. But um, it, it's been fun, and I'm I'm just happy to be able to be there to help people. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And keep keep going because you know value is only gonna you know continue to you know, f- follow you. I mean, as you continue to give value, you know, you're going to continue to get rewarded, you know, a- a- on the back of that. And I-, I remember listening to one of your podcast episodes and then after I believe you or someone from your team was talking about how um, you did a conference or you did a workshop and you, you compiled a book where you gave everyone for free, right? Was that mm-hmm. my that's right. That's right. Free. And then, and then someone in the podcast, I think one of your co-host or someone, the guest said, um, why didn't you give that for free? I mean, there's a lot of value in there, but then you still wanted to serve, you know, your audience and serving your audience first will always lead to rewards in the, in the long run. So, you know, um, that's something that I can definitely take from, from that for sure. Thank you. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to say quickly before we start to wrap up, um, going back to your your, uh, your LinkedIn course on driving change and racism, uh, there's one important thing that you mentioned as well. You, you talked about how um, sleep, <laughs> sleep was something that helped you to, to resolve conflicts or, or negotiation. And I, f- I find it quite interesting because usually if, if maybe um, there's a conflict that you're, you're, that you're trying to resolve internally and you're trying to resolve it and you know it's something that wouldn't allow you to necessarily fall asleep you know you'd be staying up all night um so how would sleep you know help you to you know resolve the 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 conflict and the and negotiation process how do you in in your words how is that moving moving the, the the conversation forward yeah, when you think about sleep, it's it's fascinating. I was that's one of the things I really enjoyed learning about when I was getting my degree in psychology. And um with sleep, what happens is at night during the REM process, there is it's essentially like an overnight therapy session. Um that's one of the things that happens. It's uh emotional regulation occurs at night. And yeah. so getting a good night's sleep is one of the easiest ways to feel better, 
physically, emotionally, in every type of way. And um, sometimes it's you that needs to take a nap and sometimes it's the other person <laughs> who needs to take a nap. And so one of the easiest things that I did in order to make a lot of these difficult conversations easier is I would just say, all right, you know what? I've gathered a lot of information. I appreciate that. Let's let's come back tomorrow and let's uh, continue the conversation. And even if people are kind of like hot and really <laughs> high in emotions, uh, yeah. usually they come back the next day a little bit better. I think that's a very good point, Kwame, because usually um, something may happen in my life and I'd want to, I would want to resolve it there and there. But then sometimes I'm just like, Adrian, sleep on it, wake up, see how you feel, and then, you know, take action. And usually the action I take the, the morning after tends to be a lot better than the one I take when I'm in the, when I'm in the mood, when I'm in the moment and I just want to resolve something. Because I think as guys, as men, you know, with problem solvers, with fixes, we just want to fix something now and get it over and done with. We don't really want to wait. But then I think it's just learning to be patient and wait for the right results. I think that's, that's the key in, in achieving success. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, Kwame, I just want to thank you for, for, for coming on the show. Um, I'm quite conscious of time. Um, before I let you go, um, just wanted to ask, did you have any announcements? Is there any, any final words you want to leave the audience with? Well, I'll leave them with this. Uh, the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. And so just remember, conflict is an opportunity. So you can take advantage of these opportunities to improve your life, get what you want and deserve. And so um, I encourage you to reach out uh, to me, follow me on LinkedIn, um, check out the podcast, Negotiate Anything, and the book and the TED Talk, both with the titles of Finding Confidence in Conflict. <laughs> no problem at all so i'll make sure we'll have all the all the links in the show notes um on the sound of a crowd.com and that's the sound of a crowd.com kwame christian thank you so much for coming to the show i'm really excited to, to have you on board today my pleasure thanks for having me adrian you're welcome all right take care